this is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success Series, our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Tonight, our spotlight, entrepreneurship and marketing with international powerhouse, Stephanie Hartman. She has worked with national television, PBS, the Discovery Channel, CTV, and shared the stages with T. Harv Ecker and Mark Victor Hansen and Sir Richard Branson. Enjoy part two. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think my childhood had a lot to do um, with my outlook um, and seeing possibilities. Um, I was a really, really curious kid. I wanted to try everything, you know, do everything. Um, I think I had lessons in like everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was never really good at one thing, <laughs> but I had lessons in everything, right? From like right. archery to swimming to whatever, ukulele lessons. <laughs> and I remember, you know, the feedback from my parents, I think, which was helpful, where they said, you know, just try it, just do it just experience it mm-hmm. and you know if you fail at something then try to figure it out um but it's not the end of the world mm-hmm. you know and knowing that it's not the end of the world made me i think go after more things um and and you know and have no limits mm-hmm. um and so, so you weren't the popular chick with the guys and you know people fawning all over you and opportunities <laughs> to just you know <laughs> I wasn't interested in guys. <laughs> I had a lot of friends who were guys, and I just thought of it as that. Yeah, you know, I was more interested in seeing the world and and learning about things and doing things and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was friends with every sort of clique there was. I was the kid that would go around lunchtime with different circles, and and how I got away with that, I'm not quite sure. But I never judged people. <laughs> I never. I was hanging around with the nerds, and then I hang around with the cool people and whatever. And, and you know, and I never, I never judged them. And I think that um, I was just always looking at, you know, different ways um, people were. So I think that, you know, that was part of what I did. But I tell you, you know, I think there is this big myth with um, with how, like, as you 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 brought it up about, you know, we think you're supposed to go to school, get a degree, and you know, in some of my presentations, I talk about the three myths of making money that were kind of taught. You know, when mm-hmm. we're little. And, right. um, you know, one of them is that um, you trade your time for money. Mm. And this is when you have a J-O-B, right? right? You punch a certain time clock. You, whether you literally punch it or not, you're in there from 9 to 5, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you get paid. And if you're not there on certain days, you don't get paid, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and so the problem with this, is that it's very difficult to make more money. You know, raises are like, what, 2 3% a year. You have to beg for them. It depends on budget. So sometimes not even depending on how well you do. It can depend on their budget. Right. Um, and you can't make more money than the 80 hours or 40 hours that you're working because if you work crazy hours, then you give up um, time with your family and you're exhausted and, and stuff. So that's a very difficult way to go. Um, the other way is trading money for money. Now, this is like known as investing, right? 
Not mm-hmm. a bad thing to do, but not something that, you know, you recommend people do with the bulk of their money, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the key to investing is invest what you can afford, right, to invest. So it's like a savings um, thing. Um, and as a lot of people found, right? People, mm-hmm. Some people have been devastated because they invested a little bit too much, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third way is uh, <clears throat> trading your value for money. This is what I do now, and this is what I mentor people to do. And this is trade your value is this is what you're really worth. And this is your information, your skills, your knowledge, taking what you already know, packaging it up in a way that you can sell any day, any time, any quantity. And so the benefit of that is that you can suddenly – um, you know, give yourself a raise. Uh, for example, um, I got married a couple years ago, and my husband and I were buying our home together. And I thought, okay, I've got this home, and I, you know, I want to get furniture for it, and you know, and all this uh, stuff, and I want to put the big deposit down, and all, and 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 put a big bulk of money on. So, because I knew that was coming up, I planned a couple months earlier to have a particular promotion come out. At that time period, mm-hmm. so I, you know, had a product and and I um, got together with a with a couple of friends, and we can talk about JVs a little bit later. And in two phone calls, um, two teleclasses that I did in one month, um, I paid for that place. Wow. And I couldn't have done that right, right. <laughs> if I had a job. That's so true. That's the power of this. And an example is um, another example is um, I have a, a client of mine that was a university professor. And he was a university professor for many years, and he was, he was quite respected. In fact, he, was, he created the whole finance department in a university, like he created the whole curriculum. So mm-hmm. he had a lot of knowledge. And he was just at this point in his life where... It didn't make sense for him to go in every day. You know, like, I find that this is another thing that they think they teach us when we grow up. It's like, in your, when, you're, when you're in your teens, they always ask you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and you could be anything. I mean, when you're, when you're five and six, it could be the fireman and it can be, you know, whatever. A ballet dancer. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you get in your teens and you have slightly different answers and people keep asking you. And they go, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's cute. And then when you're in your 20s, uh, you know, there's a little bit of experimenting going on, but only for a couple of years. And by the time you're 25, you have to, like, the hammer comes down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you've got to get serious now. You've got to go in a serious direction. And this is the one you've got to commit to for your rest of your life. The problem I have with that is I think that life now goes so fast. I think that that may have been the great plan for maybe 50 years ago. <laughs> A hundred years ago, but now I think the amount of experiences that we pack into a lifetime is two or three lifetime worth. So I meet a lot of people who some are in their thirties, some mm-hmm. are in their forties, some are in their fifties, some are even in their seventies, where they're like, you know, what I used to want, I don't want anymore. What used to fulfill me doesn't fulfill me anymore, and they wonder, like, is that? wrong what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really normal thing 
And so when those when that happens to people, that's when I work with them and and say, okay, let's look at your life. Let's look at your life experiences. Let's look at your life, your work experiences. Let's look at your skills. Let's look at the knowledge that you've gained throughout this whole time. And let's put something together that A, fulfills you, and B, brings you great income. Because I always think that you need both. If you chase fulfillment in life without the income, I see a lot of struggling healers. And it is not a good place to go. Depression can come on. Because what happens is, is that if you're giving, giving, giving without receiving anything in exchange you are empty, right? Mm-hmm, you are. And if you're just chasing the money, that's the same thing. I know some people who are making a lot of money, but they've gained like 50, 60 pounds, and they're popping antacids, mm-hmm. you know, and they're fighting with their spouse, and they're, you know, they're just miserable kind of angry people. So there really needs to be that the combination. So... That's like the example I was going to tell you about this university professor. He was having that moment. Wow. You know, and that moment wow. can, by the way, be like a year or something. Mm-hmm. Like, but you, but you, he had that moment where he's like, you know, it's not fulfilling for me to come in to work every day. I don't want this anymore. Yes, I like my students and all that stuff, but I, I, I just want something bigger. I want something else. And I want my lifestyle to change. I want my wife to quit her bank job. You know, she's ready to kind of retire. We want to do some other stuff together. We're, we want something else now. And I'm getting sick and tired of seeing people financially struggling and not knowing what's going on and all these people putting out this information that I think is wrong. This is what this guy was saying to me because he's, you know, uh, this is his knowledge is the finance and investing and people getting ripped off in these Ponzi schemes and stuff, and I want to help them. And so he says, I want to, I want to do something like that. So we created several products, but a core product that he put his knowledge into. A lot of it is the same material that, by the way, people paid, you know, lots of money to get these huge degrees to go through this program of his to get, right? Right. And he, and they were able to get it in a product. And he put it together in a real, easy way that if you knew nothing about finance, you could figure it out. And so in, I think it was like a two years later, now he sold over a million dollars worth of product. He's, you know, his home is is uh, all paid for, which was a, a really cool milestone for him and his wife, uh, you know, and, and they're traveling now. And, and he just, he like has a new lease on life now. Because um, he's excited, right? Because he's fulfilled too at the same time, and, and he's, he's resonating with where he needs to be. He before he was probably stuck in a mindset of you know yeah. where the way it is to to make the money. I wanted to ask in that example, um, we've covered the building and abundant because this guy what you were talking about and I'm, what some of the examples that you were mentioning. People have abundance and a lot of knowledge. An abundance and especially a lot of education because they, you know, you have people with all these degrees, and you're talking about somebody who just used knowledge they already had to be able to build a better life for he and his wife. And, and, and knowledge, and knowledge doesn't have to be, by the way, uh-huh. book knowledge. Right, it can be, but it can be. For another example, is a woman who um, she was in a corporate world. 
and she uh, noticed that when new management came in, this new person came in, um, they were losing clients, they were losing customers, Mm because customers were really upset with what was going on, you know, Mm -hmm. handling, the customer service, like, declined, and the great staff left, and so she took that knowledge of how... Um, she could have come up with a couple of products. One is how to leave the corporate environment and become an entrepreneur, but it wasn't quite fulfilling for her. So the one that she really liked is she wanted to be a consultant to corporations and teach them better management so that they get they get um, they keep all their sales or their profits increase, right? And have happier customers and happier staff. And you know another example is um, a woman that I met that overcame breast cancer. And, I mean, this was an event that happened in her life. This is nothing that she learned in school. But it was such a powerful event, and she had nobody that, and when she was in her moment of crisis, she had, of course, you have friends and family, but sometimes they can freak out. They're not really all that helpful right. sometimes, right? Right, very They're much just true. as scared. Yeah, they're just as scared as you are, you know, if not more. And she was getting all these mixed information from doctors, she was totally confused, and she was running out of time. So it's her absolute mission down to her minute cells, the atoms in her body. She does not want another woman to feel that way, and it's her mission in life to help people figure out how to get treated with cancer without surgery. Right. And it's, you know, it's it's just come on to this huge other life for her. So um, those are some of the examples. Um, I was going to ask, with our current session, because I don't want to say recession, depression, um, I think you can make your opportunities if you really put your mind to it. I'm I'm wondering, do you feel, because you just mentioned it does not have to be traditional education, although, you know, that's what the regular society would have us to believe. Do you feel that entrepreneurship and what, just what you're teaching is something that actually should be taught at at least the high school, college level. Oh, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Because, you know, education is really great. Uh, I mean, it is. I mean, the more knowledge you have it is great. I think, I think where it fails is when people come out of that and then they think they know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, um, and the other thing, too, is, is that... The truth is, gender, geography, age, and education is are have nothing to do with your ability to make money. I've seen 19-year-olds or 18-year-olds make money, a lot of money, you know, six figures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, geography, because of the internet, um, you can you don't have to worry about. It used to be. You know, if you were a shoemaker or something, or you um, maybe had a custom-designed um, car shop or something, you had to think about how many customers were in that area, right? Right. Could you survive? But now it's like you just go out to all the people who love their cars over the web, right? You'll find right. that niche. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll you'll find people buying your products and services from multiple countries. It's just the Internet has made that so easy. So geography isn't an excuse anymore. Uh, gender isn't, certainly. In fact, um, you know, there um, there is a huge 
interesting shift that's happening in marketing now where it's coming towards a more, if you will, feminine perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and by feminine, I don't necessarily mean women only, um, but the masculine kind of energy, because I think we all have both, right? But the masculine energy is more, it was more of the almost yelling at you kind of ads. Remember those? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and, and the limited time, and they almost scare you into things, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the feminine way of marketing is more about relationship marketing and building trust and credibility, um, and, and then you're ending up you know, selling to friends, mm-hmm. which is much easier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so some people come into that more naturally than others, um, and I think that all your marketing should be, um, should be natural. In fact, you can sell um, a lot more by being more of who you are than trying to mold yourself into something else. Um, and you can layer that over marketing techniques, of course, and strategies, of course, but, um, but never be afraid to, to be yourself. And that's that's why um, I think that many people who are genuinely themselves. I was I was listening to one of the one of the, some of the best speakers and some of the best people at what they're doing before they decide to become an entrepreneur. And the very thing that they're successful at and just being themselves, part of that they hate. One of the speakers I like his evangelist Joyce Meyer. She says she hates her voice, <laughs> and I say. Well, wait a what? You know, <laughs> that's how she's making her money. You know, but there are a lot of people who will tell you, you know, hey, you know, I just never really liked this part of myself. I I know someone who was uh, just doing uh, character cartoons, and he never thought of that as a business yet. Couldn't keep a job, but he could keep that job. And yeah. finally, it, it, you know, somebody had to hit him over the head saying, you know, I'll give you $500 for that. You know, it was a big character picture, you know, and they wanted it for Christmas for their living room. And he was like, you're going to pay me how much? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I've got a great story around this because you, you bring up two really good points, actually. Um, very interesting that you said that. But um, one of them... I, uh, one of them is when I was studying to... Um, uh, when I first started out and wanted to get in the television industry and stuff, I thought, oh, I want to be an actor. because, And the motivation for that is because I wanted to do really inspiring films, which I didn't realize were like the the minority, not the majority, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still living my mission just in a different way. But it's, you know, I, I said I want to do that, so I want to go, um, you know, I wanted those stories that change lives, and I love true stories. Like, that's my thing. I just love it. And so... I, I wanted to study at the best school. Who's the best school in the world that I could study at? So I applied for um, uh, NIDA, which is National Institute of Dramatic Arts in Sydney, Australia, and it's a sister city of um, of uh, RADA in London, right? I mean, cool. my school is where Kate Blanchett and Mel Gibson and stuff were our alumni, right? So I thought, okay, so um, I want to... So you, the process for getting into this school is you have to you had to write this big essay. Fifty thousand people submitted it. Then from there, they um, select um, I think it was five thousand people to come. And over two months, they auditioned groups of people um, every day. And it was like just like American Idol. There's a panel of judges. You're auditioning in front of everyone else that's in your group. And you go to the green room, you have to do three monologues, and then you go to the green room in the middle, 
of each <laughs> monologue, and then you either get cut at that point or you keep going on. Well, I ended up getting in. I was the only Canadian that got in. They take one Canadian a year and one American a year, and the American was a graduate of Juilliard. Yeah. I had, I think, done pretty much nothing in drama. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Except for, you know, whatever was at my school, you know, and sometimes the lead and not necessarily the lead. Um but what was interesting is I was working with the coach before I went down there, and I was trying to choose these monologues, and he had to do a couple, two from Shakespeare. So I'm looking at my Shakespeare, and I chose some really challenging monologues, and one I liked because I really identified with the character. So I'm doing all these monologues, and my acting coach said, you know, Stephanie, the one you should do is this one. And it was the one that I didn't really even have to prepare for, I wow. just understood the character. I knew kind of what she was thinking, and somehow something in my life experience just, I just resonated. I just got it. And But for me, I thought, the others, I am acting. I mean, I am sweating through them. I am working so hard. <laughs> it's got to be better. And what he said to me was, okay, Stephanie, let me get this straight. So because something becomes natural to you or comes easy to you, does that mean it has no value? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I was stunned, and I, I never forget that. And that's why I think a lot of people don't even recognize their value. They may not see that they have an amazing, I don't know what it could be. It can be all kinds of things. It can be a skill to to do anything, you mm-hmm. know. It right. may even come intuitively, right? Mm-hmm. It, it may come through just experience that got filtered to you again and again and again through your life, and you just recognize it as, well, yeah, I did that. You know, um, that's me. So one of the questions I ask for people when they're trying to figure out what their value is, what is absolutely common sense for you that you can't believe nobody else understands right. or knows how to do? Mm-hmm. You know, what comes naturally to you? What do your friends say that, you know, you would be great at or you should teach? If you were going to write a book on anything, what would it be? When you are 80 years old, sitting in your rocking chair, contemplating your life, what is the message you would have liked the, the world to learn? Those are the kind of things. And I have, of course, a whole system on this and also how to figure out how to build your business based on your personality because I also think that's important. Build it on your strengths. Not everyone wants to be a speaker. Not everyone um, wants to you know, stand on stage. Not everyone wants to travel. Some people love Internet. Some people don't. So you can make money lots of different ways. I teach you different models. But work with the one that is good for your strike, you know, your personality, because that will be easy for you. Cool. So that's a big thing. And I think also a lot of people don't celebrate their successes. You're so have you right. Ever, have you ever found that? It's like when you, uh-huh. when you accomplish something, you're like, that even if it was something so hard... <laughs> Or you won an award, or you put something together, or you you raised your kids, or you did something that was major. And because you did it, after the fact, you think, well, that was no big deal. 
Well, then some people are actually raised like that, you know, that it's it's arrogant to be proud or happy in an accomplishment. You know, there, there are many people you've heard of, and I know you you probably heard this line. He's like, "Oh, your your outfit or whatever, your 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 home is beautiful. Oh, no, no big deal." I just picked this up at such and such a place, <laughs> and it looks like something that a designer would have done, you know. But they don't take that kind of credit. They're they're raised like that. I think there's some people who truly are, you know, it's a conditioning. Yeah, and, and they're, they're conditioned by people who didn't believe in themselves too. I think so, and and I think also that we get mixed up about what is, you know, being an egomaniac and thinking we're perfect and all and better than other people which is really the fear, right, that people have mm-hmm. who, who do that. People are going to think I'm better than them. And recognizing for yourself and celebrating your own accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And it's a big difference uh, because I think, you know, if you don't celebrate your successes, it's very hard for you to have confidence to move forward. And... You know, it's interesting because I find a lot of people don't even know what their successes are. In fact, a really interesting exercise that you could do um, is write down your successes. Write them down. I mean, you can write it down in a bio format or you can write it down in a point form format. I mean, what are some things that you accomplished? And don't edit it. (laughs) Just brainstorm on it. And what happens a lot of time when people do that is they go, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, I did that. You know, from your teens all the way up to now, you know, what did you do that you were afraid of doing, but you did it anyway? And then how did that feel? You know, like it's good to remember that too. How did that feel? Because that feeling you're going to need to <laughs> retap into when you do something else in business that scares you. But I find most people read their resumes, and sometimes I'm like this too with my bio, I read that and I go, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> Who is that person? <laughs> because it's <I'm> you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, is that right? I better go back and check those numbers or those clients or what. Like, is that right? You know, like, it's so funny, but it's because I don't live in that every day. Every day I'm thinking, okay, what's going on today that I need to work on or I need to fix or I need to, you know, working with my client and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you don't remember those things, when challenges come up for you, you're going to be defeated before you even begin. 